What's up, everybody, and welcome back. Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. This is episode 238. After a little hiatus, Sean and I are back and better than ever with a good one today. First, we jumped right in and we talked NFL draft recap. We had to talk about our Jets and our Giants. We will have a full draft recap coming up soon with Frenchie. Following that, we talked NBA playoffs. Sean cried about his nets for about two minutes, and then after that, we talked about the current standings. Following that, we talked a little MLB and a little PGA Tour. So follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports, and we will be back soon. Enjoy the pod, guys. Frenchie gave more information than pretty much anybody out there and, and better than fucking Mel Kuyper. Fuck that guy. Yeah, well, that's, you know, listen, I actually like Mel. I'm not the biggest Shea fan, but I, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that we have Frenchie. We should split it up and maybe do like positions every month yep. or something leading up to the draft. We'll figure it out. But he was you great like Mel Kuyper. Yeah, I do. I actually like Kuyper. I think he's a lot more legitimate. I mean, McShay comes up with these crazy takes. I don't think Kuyper's that. Insane. No, I don't. I don't like one Kuyper. When I think it was Brady Quinn got drafted, he said if he's not like a Hall of Famer or something, he'll retire. I'm still waiting for him to put his papers in on that one. <laughs> and he said something when the Jets drafted um, Sauce. He was like, "Oh well, that goes away from them uh, getting an offensive tackle." Uh, getting rid of getting rid of any speculation that they had an issue with Makai Becton or something like, bro, nobody's ever had an issue with Makai Becton. No, never. Why are you making that up? No, that's not true at all, bro. You must have not been following along, but there was talks well before the draft, like the couple weeks leading up, that there was he was kind of like really eating his way out of shape and wasn't going to be given a starting spot. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like hyper stir in the pot. That's just all he's, he's going to be fine. He, the guy likes to eat. So do I, he's going to be perfect. <laughs> well, you better hope he finds his gym grind like you did because that was being talked about. And Kuiper's just talking about, I mean, I'm listen, I'm not, He's not a relative of mine, but that wasn't just him saying that. That was around a lot. You're defending him more than a lot of your – I feel like you defend some of your relatives. Well, some of my relatives don't deserve it. (laughs) Okay. Well, there it is. (laughs) I'm in agreement there for mine as well. All right. Well, we've talked about that, so let's get into the draft, Tom, because honestly – I mean, you got to just be giddy. Kuiper did say you had the best draft, so maybe you can celebrate that. But just talk me – Talk me through your emotions when you're seeing what the what your New York Jets are doing. I mean, Joe Douglas can do no wrong in my eyes. And I've said this to you. I think I've said this on the pod. If you look back at the moves that he's made, I don't think he's got a blemish on his resume as Jets GM yet. 
in my opinion. No, no. I mean, again, it's going to come down to the quarterback, but he's only played one year and he looked better in the second half. Yeah, I mean, just, and I had to jump the gun and I know we're going to have Frenchie on for a full draft recap. Not today, ladies and gentlemen. You can go to bed before 2 a.m. today Um, and (laughs) weekend too. But, you know, Frenchie said, you got to love it. And I think that was after day two. Um, I mean, just when you get you go and get the next Darrell Revis, in my opinion. And then you turn around and you get probably the best wide receiver in the draft. Actually, I'm more of an Alabama guy when it comes to, to Jameson Williams. I I mean, even uh, even when they showed his highlights and everybody's highlights are good. That's why they call them highlights. His highlights are better than everybody else's highlights. But I really like Wilson. And then to come back in and get what some people are saying is uh, could have been a top 10 pick in Jermaine Johnson, then get the best running back in the draft to, to go along with Michael Carter, who you picked last year as your third down back. This guy's more of a bell cow back in hall, then get the best tight end to add to Uzoma. And um, the other guy, his name's deceiving me from Minnesota and then go out, sure up a little bit more of that offensive line. And then fuck it. We'll, we'll go with another D end as well. I mean, I, I, I'm over the moon. You have to be. I mean, the way that the draft worked out, the fact that Stingley went three, it was like, wow, you're going to get your pick of Thibodeau or Gardner uh, or offensive tackle if that was the route the Jets really wanted to go. And I, I truly believe that, you know, there is some smoke with this Becton stuff, but they just can't say after two years ago when they took him as their first overall pick that they're going to go back to the well on offensive line because at that point you are just admitting failure. And there's so many other needs on your team. And to go get a real shutdown corner, remember what Frenchie said, no, he did not give up a single touchdown in his college career. He's got you know everything that you want in shutdown corner personality and what he – and I think him playing in the New York market is going to just be fucking awesome. And yeah, if you want to nitpick and say you wanted Jamison Williams, I think that's fair. Him coming off the ACL is a little worrisome, but Wilson is polished as all hell. He's going to be really good. You get uh, Zach Wilson a target. And Tom, I I think the steal of the draft, as Jermaine Johnson II is just falling down this board for really no reason because a lot of mocks had him in the top 10. Frenchie talked about how highly he thought of him. To trade up to get him at 26 you got the Jets got three of their top eight high, uh, rated p- players in this draft. That's unfucking believable. Yeah, I I'm over the mood. And listen, I, I like Williams better than Wilson, but I mean, I I could totally be wrong. And that Wilson pick was. This is how I'm feeling about this. I'm looking at a glass half full. I'm I'm trying to think of it as if they had traded that pick for AJ Brown or DK Metcalf, or Tyreek Hill. I'm hoping three years from now, I'm going to say, can you believe we wanted to trade it, trade that this guy for older, more expensive players? It's a really good way to look at it from a glass half-full perspective. I'm praying, sure. man. It's more of a prayer than anything else. But, I mean, you know what? And, and at the end of the day, they're they're doing what they didn't do for Darnold. Although we don't even know if Darnold's good, regardless of the fact they didn't do it for Darnold. And now it's show me time. Now it's time to I roll. Think we, I think we know Darnold's not good. but Yeah, I, that's, that's most likely a fact at this point. But we don't know if Zach Wilson's good or not. I have arguments with my coworker every single day. Um, 
I mean, honestly, I I almost didn't respect him when he tried to tell me that Daniel Jones had better arm talent than Zach Wilson. You're kidding. He you're you're kidding. He said. He said that? I'm not just taking arm strength into account. I'm taking accuracy into account. I'm saying I'm like you can practice accuracy. Look at Patrick Mahomes and look at fucking um, Josh Allen. You can't. Zach Wilson has a fucking cannon. And then. Believe yeah. it or not, and and I love the guy, and he does know about sports. He, listen to this, you're going to get a kick. You might actually throw of up. Of course. I said, name quarterbacks in the league that have a better arm than Zach Wilson. I said, I'll give you Patrick Mahomes, and I'll give you, I'll give you um, Josh Allen, and I might even give you Herbert. Name another player. And, and you can't say Rodgers at this point, but his second name, after I vetoed his first name, I don't even remember who it was. He said, "Is Big Ben still in the league?" Uh, this guy doesn't know about sports, so. And if he's I, listening, I if he's if, if he's listening, that, then good. And you know how I am when I get into a sports argument. I jump down his throat. I said anything that you say before or after this is completely invalid. I don't care if 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 it's actually a good yes. statement. If you lose credibility when you make comments like that because you couldn't be more wrong. A, you don't know that he's still in the league or not. He obviously isn't. B, he hasn't been good in years, and he hasn't been able to throw the ball more than 10 yards since like 2017 or 18. So I don't know what game he's watching. Maybe he's stuck watching classic Steelers games from like 2009. But holy fucking shit, that is awful, awful take. Um Listen, Zach Wilson's got an absolute cannon. It, it's so much of a cannon that he doesn't know how to turn it down sometimes, and he's throwing, you know, the ball out in the flat at, you know, record speed. But, yeah, he's going to get better accuracy-wise. The more talent he has to throw the ball to, the better. And we don't know about him yet. It's impossible to tell, but they are clearly doing things where we should have an answer. If you don't have an answer at the end of this year, something either went catastrophically wrong or you do know the answer and you don't want to admit it. Absolutely. Speaking of knowing the answer and not wanting to admit it, I'm giddy about the Jets. Let's talk about your Giants. Yeah, so obviously, you know, I I, I think I met, or I, I matched rather, your level of excitement about your Jets with my Giants pick. As I mean, you should. You, you, could, you could not have had the board fall to you any better because I looked at five the same way I looked at the Jets as fours. I'm like, we're going to get one of the top two next defensive players in this draft, whether we go pass rusher or, or corner is going to decide on the Jets pick. In my opinion, and when got Thibodeau the best was, defensive player in the draft, by the way, Pro- I think he's going to be a hall of famer. Yeah. I, I mean, I see, you know, he, there's a lot, he's not a linebacker. He's more of a, just a straight edge rusher, but he, he has some Micah Parsons in him with how he also knows how to read coverages and he can chase players downfield and he's got also the personality that's perfect for new york and to get evan neal who is frenchy rated as his number one uh offensive tackle at, at at seven is unbelievable and just to go a little deeper into this this was such a refreshing like oh thank god we've cleansed the air of dave gettleman's regime because that dave gettleman would have just taken evan neal at five he would have just said well you know well, I have to get my best offensive lineman, and he wouldn't have even thought about Thibodeau. And the reason this is so smart, Tom, is because the Panthers were looking to trade six, and there probably would have been a team with no quarterbacks going in the top ten 
that would have traded up to because Kayvon Thibodeau was still on the uh, still on the uh, board at six. And the Giants said, "Fuck that! We're taking him, and then we will have the pick of two of the you know two of the three top O linemen there." And Aquanu goes six to Carolina. So now they get their pick of Neal and Cross, who everybody said were the top two offensive linemen on their board. So to land Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau with your with fifth and seventh, I don't think you can ask for a better a, a better fall right there. No, not at all. How do you feel about their wide receiver? Yeah, I don't know what to think. I really Neither don't do know anything about him. He's a little and guy. I, yeah, he's five eight. But you know, there was a. Kadarius Tony comps. It's like, well, you, is that redundant? Well, Kadarius Tony hardly played last year. I mean, and when he did play, you know, it was sparingly and it was electric. But this is this seems to me like the Giants are really going to cater to Daniel Jones's strength, which are intermediate routes where he, you know, has a lot of accuracy or get the ball out of his hands quick and use his athleticism. And those are things that Daniel Jones does well. He doesn't obviously throw the ball down the field super well, doesn't have a very strong arm. So get it in the hands of playmakers as quickly as you can. We've seen Buffalo do this a lot. We've seen Kansas City obviously do that. And uh, Kafka, who's their new offensive coordinator, is coming over from Kansas City. So, I mean, I'm excited by him. Hopefully he's you know healthy and, and able to add a spark to the offense. Yeah, I – to be honest, I hate that pick. I just, again, the redundancy with Tony, and I think he's a lesser Tony. Maybe he's better off the field because Tony seems like kind of a wild child. But, I mean, you got absolutely nothing out of Kenny Galladay. You need a big guy. I just don't think that this regime looks at that. Like, they're going to take the player that they think is going to make the more the more plays and caters to their, to their offense. And why are you going to try to make Daniel Jones a down the th- down the field thrower if that's not what he does best that's a good point I guess we're going to have to wait and see on him I just think there was better players available at the time and they, Listen, the I Giants are in the same spot thought. as the Jets where it's like I mean instead of drafting you got to draft you have so many needs to fill you got to take the best player sometimes yeah for sure I mean I I really think that the Giants valued this kid for what he brings to the brings to the field, and they can exploit some matchups. He played running back as when he was at uh, Illinois, and then when he uh, came to Kentucky, you know, he became a receiver. But he's electric with the ball in his hands. I think the Giants just want to make sure that they have as many guys as they can to be electric with the ball in their hands. Um, so we'll see. Not a favorite pick of mine, but I'm not an expert, and this Giants regime it certainly deserves the benefit of the doubt because they don't have any mistakes yet. <laughs> Absolutely. Anything else on the Giants draft? Anybody, anybody sticking out to you or are we saving the rest for French? <coughs> Sorry about you that. Right? Um, yeah, I've been fighting allergies. Me too. So we're, we're dealing with it, man. Bro. Yeah. It's been dry and fucking hot down here. So like, I'm just, just, uh, fighting I get a it, nosebleed but... every day, bro. I swear to God, people must think I do Coke in the bathroom or something at work. <laughs> that is not good, man. We'll feel better. Hopefully, Listen, if we could get through the hiccup gate, we could get through this. Um, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a rough one, but you battled through. Um, Dane Belton, the uh, safety from Iowa. Um, Frenchie really, really likes him. So we'll see if he can play pretty well with um, with uh, Xavier McKinney. Uh, they also took a corner from LSU. So, you know, you always think those players are pretty decent but yeah i'm not uh, they also went offensive line they took two guards from north carolina so 
maybe when they were scouting North Carolina, it wasn't for Howell. It was for his protection. So, hey, they beefed up the offensive line, got a little bit more depth there. They took two unbelievable players in the first round that should be, you know, Hall of Fame type players for them, or at least cornerstones of the next good Giants team. And then we'll see, you know, how the receiver pans out and go on down the line. But they traded back a lot and, you know, accumulated a lot of assets, which was, again, very refreshing. They've really cleansed themselves of the Gettleman era Giants. No doubt about it. And and like you said, they made a lot of anti-Gettleman moves, I guess you would say, which given what he Gettleman did for the Giants, that, that seems like a good thing. I'm going to have to get the secretary on um, – on the past couple drafts just because I want to have a little bit, I'm hoping it's good, but I want to have a little bit of a track record with Frenchie. I don't want to bring him on here as some expert. And and next thing you know, he's not. I know. Hey, listen, man, everybody has to be held accountable. Absolutely. We are. I mean, come on, Kirk cousins. Yep. You can throw that back in my face anytime. Or it was more of a LeBron take. Remember that? Oh, I sure do. Yeah, I don't think either was like, see, you said if they lost, and I think in the back of your mind, you didn't actually think the Lakers would lose cheeks. that series. A little tongue in cheek. Yeah, um, I truly believed Kirk Cousins would be great. By the way, he is the richest quarterback uh, ever, just simply by the contracts he signed. So Something to hold on to there, bro. Something that nobody can take away from you. Um, all right, you ready? Speaking of LeBron in the NBA, LeBron is not playing, but you ready to talk a little NBA? You want to put the Nets season to rest really quick i know it was like god two two and a half weeks ago two weeks ago but and and the nba playoffs seems to go on for a month too long but let's try and go back into the memory banks i know you don't want to but the fans want to hear. no i don't and i didn't dance on your (laughs) grave either no you didn't but that would be you would have no you can't speak when your team doesn't even make the playoffs, but no, you can hate on them and you can laugh, but you can't actually and with any validity be like, ha ha. But no. yeah, man, I mean, it sucked. Listen, I, this, this year was a clusterfuck with this team from, from the beginning. Um, you know, you just Kyrie's timeline, Harden's timeline, getting traded, Durant's injury, all these players coming in and out of the lineup, the COVID stuff, which I know everybody dealt with. And then, you know, it just, Ben Simmons never played. Seth Curry was dealing with an ankle injury. Like it was just a clusterfuck. And I didn't expect that. I I didn't feel very confident going in the series, honestly, because I, for one, give Boston a lot more credit than some people who are like, well, the Nets have Katie and Kyrie. Including myself. That's really important. Yeah. And I was like, great. That's really good. Um, The Celtics defense is really good and we don't have any wings. So, I I didn't expect a four-game sweep. I think game one pretty much changed everything where Kyrie went absolutely insane and against Boston. And if it wasn't for Tatum's buzzer-beating layup, you know, the Nets win that game and maybe the series is totally different. But listen, from, from every facet of the series, the Celtics dominated the Nets. They were more physical. They shut down Durant, which I I have never seen. He looked horrible in the series, turning the ball over all the time. Kyrie was bad the rest of the way. It was just, it was awful. So I am, I am happy that they're done and don't have to agonize over that. And they have a very important off season. This is, this is going to be the most important off season of the, of the marks, uh, of the marks regime here, because 
you've got the players. Now you got to support those players because this past offseason, Tom, obviously the proof is in the pudding. It was it was horrible. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think you could argue that this is the most important offseason in the history of the Nets because I know they had those two finals runs with Jay Kidd, but I mean, I think they lost what to the Spurs once and to the Lakers once. Those teams were mm-hmm. head and shoulders better than the Nets, and that was a weak Eastern Conference. So I would argue that it's the most important offseason in the history of the Nets. Um, where are you? KD, I'm going to leave out because I still think KD's great. Um, I think he's going to be able to get buckets for a very long time. Um, how do you feel? Where are you on Kyrie right now? How are you feeling? You know, he's the guy that you have to defend because he's on your team. I don't think he's going anywhere. And I think uh-huh. they have to give him – I think they have to give him the max. Uh, I think they're going to do – I think it's going to be the four-year because that will match KD's timeline. Um and it's unfortunate, but it's also like it's it's not bad that you ever get a player of that caliber to want to play with you still. It's just in how many how many issues can you have? I mean, in three years he's played like I think forty or forty two percent of the games he's been eligible for. Like if it's not this, it's another thing. He's not dependable, you know that, but he's an absolute stud and and you also know that. It's not like he's gonna be thirty six either. I mean let me tell you this, as as crazy as it might sound to some folks, like I would I would prefer to give Kyrie the money than give Harden money. Um I don't think that's so crazy maybe they at all. maybe they dodged a bullet with that, but yeah, I mean I don't feel great. What again though is they have to absolutely ace this offseason and build a roster around Durant and Kyrie that's more athletic, younger, has some size, has some versatility. And Simmons ideally fits that, but dude, he just had back surgery. I have no idea if he's ever going to play a game for the Nets. They might try to trade him just for anything they can. I have no idea what his future holds. I don't know how much he wants to play. I don't know if he's really hurt and that back injury is something that is going to get better or it's just that's going to be chronic for him. You got Seth Curry still. You got Joe Harris still. Maybe do they try to trade a guy like Cam Thomas or you bring Claxton back? There's a lot of questions. I mean, I think Aldridge and Blake are gone. They were not even playing in the postseason. Uh, maybe you bring a guy like Dragic back. Bruce Brown, who knows? Like, I, There's so many questions. This could be an entirely revamped roster, and they have to hit it out of the park. They don't have a choice. No doubt about it. I think it will be an entirely revamped roster around those two guys. And I, I what's the point of even asking you asking how you feel about Ben Simmons? Because I don't even think the Nets know anything about him, and and also how how to feel about him. Yeah, if you told me they traded him for you know like something like what the Sixers did with Markel Fultz, boy, that would suck. But at this point, like you can't do anything for PR. You have to improve this team. Shit, if he's healthy and he's committed to playing basketball for the Brooklyn Nets, great. But I have no idea about that. And I would not want to be in Sean Mark's situation trying to guess that. And then, you know, just again, this is a team that does not get does not rebound. They do not have wing defenders. They don't have many three they don't have any three and D presence. So you cannot put the wear and tear on Durant and even Kyrie. I mean, Kyrie, you say wear and tear, that's funny. But, like, even last year he got hurt. You know, he got hurt his first year with the team. Like, this is a guy that 
doesn't play full seasons. So you need to make sure that the superstars do not have to take on the weight of playing 40 minutes a game to maybe beat a sub 500 team by three in January. You know, you just, they, they really have a lot to improve on. No doubt about it. I do not envy the position the the Nets are in, but I still would rather be in their position than the Lakers. Well, they have flexibility. I mean, look at all those scenarios I just outlined. Like they have cap flexibility if they if they trade Simmons. You know, you're going to give Irving a max deal, but it might be four years. It might not be the five. You've still also got, by the way, one of the best players in the league in Durant. I know his image is maybe taking a step down after what the Celtics did to him, but I think if you tell anybody you're starting the season with Durant and Kyrie, you're going to win games. Now you have to do a much better job with the rest of the roster. The Lakers have LeBron James, and literally they don't know what else. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you, Kevin Durant is on your team, you're doing everything you can to win a championship. It has nothing to do with PR. No, none. And I, and I think that that's the route they have to take. And listen, I don't want to get into the semantics. We're going to talk Philly here in a minute. I think this is probably the biggest lose-lose trade because it's not even what Harden might or might not do performance-wise. You, you might have to give him the worst contract we've ever seen in the NBA if you're Philly. Yeah, and you, it's, it's a tough situation again because – what are you going to do? Waste a few more Embiid years? I mean, this is the NBA that it is right now. This is the league. And what value does he have? I mean, he's but obviously not the same the player. Walk. Right. That's that's the thing. You 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 hope not, and and you hope to say, listen, can we at least make a compromise and meet in the middle here, where you don't financially handicap our team? Uh, but who knows? I mean, it is hard, and he's going to try to capitalize say. on his much money. <laughs> Who are we talking so, about here? Yeah, I, I think that it's a really this tough isn't spot Tim to Duncan. be in. This is not Tim Duncan. This is not uh, a guy that is looking to, you know, maybe save, help save his team a couple extra bucks. Um, but, Tom, anyway, there's my state on the Nets. It sounds like you agree. This is going to be a very fascinating summer, and we'll see what happens. But we are in the second round, and we're we're kind of getting to the point where series are about to be decided. So why don't you talk to us about – just everything that you're observing, we can start in the Eastern Conference, and let's start in that Miami-Philly uh, series. Philly had a lot of signs of life, including your boy James Harden, but I, I just think if Lowry can give them anything, this team, this Miami team is just they're – too, they're too professional. That's my word for them. They're just going to grind them down. I don't think they're a finals team. I think whoever they go on to play in the Eastern Conference finals, they're going to they're gonna get – fucking ran off the floor but i mean if tyler hero basically i think this whole series rests on the shoulders of tyler hero if he plays well the heat dominate the sixers if not then it's an interesting game yeah i agree with you he's he is probably the x factor right i mean i can't believe that duncan robbins is not even getting minutes like what a fall from grace that is yeah i think they view him just as i mean he has he did not have as good of a season as he did last year or in the bubble year. And I just think they view him as a defensive liability and they play that his, his clone who's much better defensively and much stronger in Strauss. Yeah. Is it Strauss or Strauss? I don't actually know, but either way, neither do I, but we're not going to, we're not going to call that a, a, 
uh, last name. No, 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 no. Of, of all, of all, I, I, it was more a question than an answer because I've heard it pronounced both ways. And listen, of all the things to get on you for, that's not one of them. But no, I totally agree with you. Um, you know, they are really just, they are a professional team and they know what they're doing. And, you know, they took Philly to the woodshed in game, in game five tonight. So we'll see what happens back in Philly. I mean, how did you feel watching Harden the other night? Because honestly, to me, I thought people were going ape shit, and I was just like, "Dude, he's still capable of games like this." The point is, is that he's not going to do it on any regular basis. But let's not freak out like he just had the best game of all time. He had, he had a really good game in a game they needed to win. He yeah, should. I mean, in my the way I see it is, it awesome. You did it. Let's see you do it two more times. Perfectly said. That's that's how I feel about it. I mean, come on. I'm thinking back to when the Nets played the Lakers recently. I mean, they lost in the game. I don't know why I remember this game so well, but they lost like 106 <laughs> to 96 in one of Harden's last games there. Harden had a triple-double with 38. How did he do after that game? It was the first yeah, game well, Durant quit. was out. Um, yeah. I mean, he's, he's still a great player, still a great offensive player. He's just lost, I'd say, two steps. He doesn't have the blow-by ability, and there's always a defensive game plan for him, and he's not going to be able to do it consistently. No, and that's – he's entered the next phase of his career. We just have to admit it because it's happened so fast. Yep. And that second phase is still a damn good basketball player because his IQ is off the charts. He's one of the most skilled passers, but, you know, he – can't get away with a lot of the shit that he used to. Like you said, he's about two steps slower. He's not getting to the rack, and he's not, not getting the foul call, so he's he's not getting to the line as much. Let me tell you. And that hurts him. It, James Harden could extend his career by six years if he accepted who he was and doesn't pull a Russell Westbrook and becomes basically for this latter part, twilight of his career, if you will, if he becomes what everybody thought he was going to be, which is Manu Ginobili, then – he would he would probably still get a max where he can come off the bench, be a six man, be a starter, be a Swiss Army knife, be a great passer that he is, be a great slasher, <coughs> but just not like you're not gonna be the you're not gonna be the you know the planet that everybody orbits around. Yeah, but they're perfectly said. He's not gonna be the lead guy, and and honestly, he's in the perfect situation for that because. Although I've contested no big man can ever be the best player on a championship team, and Embiid could be it. I mean, and like I said, if you just have those two guys and round out the roster the rest of the way, you know, this is a team that could be really good. And I still, you and I talked about it at the time. I know Simmons and Rosillo have talked about it on their podcast too, you know, that they do on Sundays. Like that, having to trade away Drummond and Curry really, really hurt them. Because they now, now when Embiid's you know playing with this or, orbital fracture, they do not have a guy like Drummond. They're playing fucking DeAndre Jordan, and they don't want to. And then you you don't have a wing shooter like Curry. So no, one of Harden's Harden, I think, really went down the shitter when uh, Joe Harris got hurt. So to not have a player like that that he can kick it to and have trust that they're going to make a shot, you know those those two absences have really hurt the Sixers' depth. It definitely has, and it's going to be such a tough contract to give him because also you can go back and be like, we have Maxi. Yep. But they're going to give it to him. Oh, he's so good. 
He is electric, but you know they're going to give it to him. So what are we even talking about here? Yeah, they don't have a choice. They're completely pigeonholed into it. So, so there we go. How about this Boston uh, Milwaukee series? I got that's been very chippy. It's tied two two. Um, I think this series has been a lot of fun. And I'm just going to say this because now I'm watching the series not from like the Nets rivalry perspective with Milwaukee. I fucking hate watching Giannis play basketball. I really do. And it's an unpopular opinion because I love Giannis the person. I give him so much credit for what he's turned himself into. But he literally just barrels over guys and falls off of them, tries to get calls and gets most of them. And I'm watching the game yesterday. I'm like, what in the fuck? Nobody can do anything. Like, this is this is terrible. Yeah. I, for me, it's just like, it's like the opposite of like, where like the Pat Riley Knicks, where it's like they can't call every foul. You know what I mean? Right. Where he's doing it on the offensive end. Like they're not going to call it every single time. And it's disgusting basketball. It really is tough to watch. And I just think these are two hard nosed defensive teams, which makes it an even harder series to watch. Um, breaking it down from a serious perspective. I think this would be a totally different series. If Chris Middleton was involved, because yep. the two Celtics wins, it's like, man, Middleton would have gotten you a bucket here late in the shot clock when when they're just squeezing the air out of the ball and Giannis isn't able to do anything. Um, but, I mean, big step up last night from Tatum. Massive game from Horford, who apparently gets angry and just fucking dominates. They should, I don't oh know, they should, God. like, key his car before. They should have, like, a, a fucking ball boy go and key his car every day or something. Just let him play pissed off all the time. And you know what? This Celtics team, probably one of the best turnarounds I've ever seen to go from what they were in, in at the end of 2021 to what they are now. They're a defensive juggernaut, which if you don't remember the last three years of the Celtics, it's always, oh, they fold. Anytime that they face any type of adversity, they're going to fold like a cheap fucking lawn chair. And now every time I see them, I'm like, they're going to come back. After, after they lost that tough game three, I was like, oh, no, they're going to come back and win game four. They're going to be fine. Yeah, man, they – I think they've had – they've been dealt so many crucial losses over the last couple of years. I mean, that Kyrie year was – that last Kyrie year was so rough. Uh, that bubble loss to Toronto was really, really tough for them. They just didn't have any spirit last year. Like, I watched them in that net series, and I know they didn't have Jalen Brown. I know the big three was playing, but, like, to be honest, it looked like you could just bitch them. I think, I mean, he's my sports, one of my sports fathers, but I think he's, I think he's honestly, um, uh, what do they call that when emancipated minor? I think I've left my father because Brad Stevens is no longer a coach in the NBA, but I think his, I think they just got tired of him. Yeah, very well could be. I mean, Udoka seems to have a really good relationship and synergy with this team. They've also made some great adjustments, you know, thinning their bench. Grant Williams has turned out to be a really good ancillary And also, let's, let's talk about how Marcus Smart obviously always was a great defensive caliber player, but he decided to make himself a point guard. Yeah, he has. I mean, you just look up and down at what the changes they've made and the players that they have in these and the massive leap forward that tatum's taken by the way guarding your boy kd shut him down shut him down yeah no this team's this team is not a fluke and that's why i felt so strongly that they would pose as a real threat to the nets because i was like this team 
they don't beat you with smoke and mirrors. Like they have an identity. We've talked about this on previous podcasts leading up to the postseason. We didn't know what a lot of teams' identities were. What are the Nets? What are the Sixers? Are the Heat, Jekyll, and Hyde? We know what Boston's been since, like you said, January. Yeah, I mean, I think, first of all, I think this series goes seven. I think whoever wins this series waltzes their way to an Eastern Conference Championship and to the NBA Finals, and I think it's going to be the Bucks. I'm going to go the other way on you. I think it's going to be Boston. I think the loss of Middleton's really tough, and there's going to be games like you see last night where they just struggle to make shots because Middleton bails you out so often. I, I agree with you, and I'm just I'm just going with the championship pedigree, but I think, again, it's going to go down to a game seven, and it's going to go down to the wire. Impossible to say your pick is bad. I just, I've been riding with the Celtics, and I'm, I'm going to keep doing it as much as it pains me as a New York fan, but... Um, it is what it is. I really, I really can't stand watching Giannis and the Bucks sometimes. Um, and the style that Boston plays is, is really fun. But we and love Giannis not, as a as a as a player and as a oh person, my right? god, he is. There is that's why I simply say, and I try to make sure I say it every time correctly. I hate his style of play. Yep. There is nothing but respect. Hey, there's been a lot of great players whose styles of play I've hated, but. You know, that's not an insult to them. It's just like, hey, I I really like watching Jason Tatum play basketball. I really don't like watching – I love watching Jokic and, and, uh, and Embiid play. You know, for years I didn't like Harden, even though I really respected his game. Um, so it is what it is. Um, let's go over to the Western Conference, Tom. We've got a very sneaky Dallas team uh, and – Phoenix, who, let's be honest, hasn't played very well. And Chris Paul, again, we're in the playoffs, so we're talking Chris Paul. Oh, Sean, this this Suns team, you know, I put a bet in at the All-Star break for them to win the title. You know I've been riding for them all year. I think I picked them to win the championship. They're... They're breaking my heart. They're they're really they're down thirty seven to thirty right now. So there's plenty of game left. It's it's still in the second quarter. It's tied two two in the series. <laughs> what in the world is going on? I put so much money on the Suns to win Game Four because I was like, there's no way. Chris Paul in Game Three had like eight turnovers. That was like a a fucking the most turnovers he's had in like ten years. I don't even know what's going on because it's like, I agree with you. The the playoff Chris Paul shows up out of nowhere because it's like a couple of games ago, he was 14 for 14. I mean, yep. and then he turned around. One of the around, best games, I was just saying one of the best like of games in, in NBA playoff history. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt about it. But then he turns around and he has eight turnovers. And then the next game he fouls out and it's like, Oh my God! Like you're the one of the touted as one of the smartest players in the history of the NBA, and you're just making boneheaded plays, and I'm just screaming, screaming at the television. You gotta get the fucking ball to DeAndre Ayton. There's nobody on the inside to stop this guy. I swear to God, he looks. I know it's a different game, but the guy looks like fucking Hakeem Olajuwon out there sometimes with his footwork <laughs> and his quickness and his ability to shoot. It's it's legitimately unbelievable. And then obviously Booker's hurt. So and he's not 100%. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt in certain games, but I mean this Suns team they could lose this series on on a hot Luka with 
Finney Smith and Dinwiddie and and um, Brunson Bullock. just playing way above their heads. They could. They very well the best could. Player on the floor, so it's like, it's like feasibly, I could see them winning because Luca's the best player on the floor. And that's it. I mean, sometimes the best player wins, and you mentioned Booker, you know, playing through a little bit of that hamstring injury, and you know, Chris Paul is just—he's very capable. He's as capable of putting up a great game as he is having a real stinker, and it's—it sucks um, because I want him to to get that championship so bad, but he's—he is just going to have one of the worst legacies in the world if if they lose this series. Because listen, I, I love Luca, and I give Luca so much credit for his turnaround this year and getting in shape. And they've pretty much abandoned the center position, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, it's you can't lose the series. Their center is non-existent, and that's why I'm literally like, slow this, Chris Paul. You're the point god, as people say. Pound the rock, slow this fucking game down, and give me a couple entry passes to Aiton. Run some pick and rolls. Do something. I'm literally begging. Do what you did that won you 62 games or whatever it was. Yeah, absolutely. Who who wins this series, in your opinion? I know it's tied at 2-2, and it's just so tough to tell. I'm not watching the game because I'm focused on the pod, but I will, because you know me, I can't multitask, and then we've had some struggles in the past. Oh, I've screamed um, at you while you're watching Yankee games on your phone. Oh, yeah, no, no, you you let me have it. Um, <laughs> but that was years ago. Yeah, you've um, matured. I've matured very much. Um, I still believe Phoenix finds a way to win this series. They're just the better team, and I just don't think they can lose this game, this series. I, I have to be in agreement. I have the... I have to say that they're going to win until until you know they're they're out of the playoffs. All right, let's move on to the other series that was going to be a lot more fun before Ja got hurt. Um, I love this Warriors team. This Warriors, I guess, three you would call them. Um, yep. I mean, we didn't talk about them enough because we haven't had a pod and pre when we were doing pods, we weren't talking as much NBA because we had so much other shit going on. Jordan Poole is like literally the third best player in the league. Oh, he's unbelievable. <laughs> he's unbelievable. And I always liked him coming out of the draft. I, I I remember I was in on him early, but I mean to go from the G League last year to probably being the second best player on this team, if not the third. I mean, most improved player in my book. I mean, Tom, he was yeah, like <laughs> If that if he's not it, I don't know what that award means. Yeah, like, like let's just re Ja got it, and don't get me wrong, Ja's incredible, and he had a better year than last year. But he was an All Star last year and an electric player. Let's just give it the you're not the MVP, but you had a really great year award. John Morant was the second pick in the draft. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's. I don't know. It's it's stupid. And and Jaws Q rating right now is right up there with Giannis's. He can do no wrong. And I love him. He's he's he likes he talks shit, but he backs it up. Um, and it's tough to see him go. Now, let me ask you first about the the first thing that got everybody fi- fired up was the Dylan Brooks to Gary Payton Jr. Was that a dirty play in your opinion? <laughs> Was it a dirty play? I mean, that was that was absolutely horrendous. 
Yeah. I mean, listen, I, Simmons said it on his pod the other day, and I thought it was a great idea. You should have a flagrant one, two, and three. That's a flagrant three. I mean, that's worse than a two. I mean, Jesus Christ, man. I mean, you can't do that. You can't do that. Even in the bad boy Pistons years, you can't do that. Yeah, if I mean, I think honestly, you got <coughs> you got to look at it like this. If this was a if this was a you know New York sports club, L.A. Fitness, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> if that play happened in 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 one of those gyms, are you throwing hands with the guy that did it? I think that's that's as simple as you can make a rule. Would there have been a fist fight or a physical altercation had somebody fouled somebody else like that? And that's an unequivocal yes. Unequivocal yes. Yeah. No doubt about it. Now let me ask you about the pool one. It's a jaw. Yeah. Um, that one's a bit more nuanced for me. I think it looked worse than it actually was. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that of his was action. malicious. No, I mean, he grabbed at his knee, but it didn't, I don't think, the more I watched it, because at first I was like, oh, dude, what the fuck, you are really, you're, you're, you're going Brooks level, you're, you're getting your revenge. I think he was using his knee to kind of like, like, like oh shit, like I'm going to stabilize on it, or I'm going to try to like keep him good, like I don't, I see the way that knee's going, and I don't like it, but was just reviewed, or um, reported today that Jaw's going to miss the rest of the postseason with a bone bruise in that knee. So, I mean, I'm not going to say Gary Payton the second has, is on the same level as John Morant, but that's two inter- two huge components of this series are gone because of injuries sustained in a very chippy series. I, I fucking hate it. I love John, man. I oh, it sucks. It really does. Um, and and this series, in my opinion, is all but over with John being out. Yeah, and the Warriors are still great to watch. Clay, Clay bothers me sometimes because he just wants it so bad that I think he's pretty much costing his team. Like, hey, man, like as as weird as it sounds, like Jordan Poole's better than you right now. Like, right now, yes. Right now, absolutely. Let, get him the ball, but you know, Clay has a he he has an ego and he has pride and he has championship caliber pedigree and um, but they are fun. They I had my I I was backtracking there for a while Tom my hamstrings were a little sore after I picked them to represent the west uh heading into the postseason I wasn't feeling too great about them uh, well you're coming up roses now. with the Grizzlies but yeah I wish I wish the series in terms of the injuries and the chippiness was different but yeah the Warriors look really good again absolutely all right so who's coming out of the east who's coming out of the net the west right now um what are you feeling? And then we'll move on to some local MLB. Boston Golden State. All right. I am sticking with my pick at the beginning of the year. It's going to be Milwaukee Phoenix. It'd be great. It'd be great. Um, it would be a lot of fun. We'll see, man. I think any of these – I mean, I think we can pretty much say – because if Phoenix loses, do you really see any world in which Dallas goes through – what looks like Golden State at this point. I do. I mean, uh, yeah, I can absolutely see it. All right. I, I don't think that they would be able to deal with Golden State. I don't. But. I mean, if are you asking me to fucking put a bet on it? 
you know, put a pinky, no, put I, my I, pinky I, on it? No, I wouldn't do that, <laughs> but I could see it. All right. It's okay. feasible. But no, I mean, I think the I think the Warriors would be heavily favored, rightfully so. Yeah, the Warriors also have players that rise to the occasion, unlike, you know, Mr. Chris Paul sometimes. As much as I hate to say it, it sucks, but it is what it is. Hopefully he can prove facts us wrong facts. when we talk NBA. Facts are facts. When hopefully we talk next. We're talking about the Suns advancing to the West Finals. But yeah, Tom, let's talk uh, baseball. And I actually just peaked. The Yankees just won on an Aaron Judge walk-off home run. Yes, sir. The Yankees are rolling. Um, I believe they have the best record in baseball, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yep. They are now 21-8. and eight. This team, man, Sean... I made a commitment this year to watch more baseball. I hope you made a commitment to watch less. Um, (laughs) But me and Michaela have been trying to watch as many games as possible. I've been streaming it from my phone. As you know, I'm in a dispute with every single streaming service out there. Um, But that's that's for another pod. Um, I mean, what do we have to say about this team? What... I can't say anything bad right now. And by the way, let me just say this. Nestor Cortez is my favorite player, by the way. Oh, he's awesome. Um, can you give every Yankee thought before I maybe surprise you a bit? First of all, I tell think me that... what you do. You love everything about this team. What do you what are those specifics? How is it different than last year? I think they're playing amazing defense. That's first off. Off the bat, I like the fact that they're moving DJ around. I really think that's where he belongs. Glaber has decided to actually hit the ball the other way and wait and go the other way with the ball. Stanton, I mean, when the guy plays, he just fucking mashes, and I like the fact that he's playing the outfield a little bit more. He's looking a little more limber. Um, He's playing like three games a week out there, three or four games a week out there. I know that they fired like their medical staff or whatever, and I don't know how much that shit actually matters, but it really knock on wood. I don't know if you heard me knocking there, but I am. The Everybody health of this should. team has really seemed to, to, and I, I don't know. I'm gonna cross my fingers when I say this too. It's really seemed to hold up. Judge is playing great. I mean, Rizzo is my guy. You know that. Uh, this. Oh yeah. And, and we're getting all this, by the way, and we have not seen anywhere near Garrett Cole's grade-A shit. No, he's been very, very good lately, but you're right. He has, but there's been some games that were a little bit mediocre. Oh, I think he's – I think he, well, yeah, the, his, two of his first three starts were not good. Yeah. Um, but I think over his last three – He's, he's rounding into four, like, but it's not like he came yeah. out like a bat out of hell and he's going to get better. That's what's that's what's scary. All right, give me your thoughts. Yeah, I think I'm going to surprise you a little bit. I, I, I am enjoying the shit out of this team. Um, they are winning games like today, like yesterday, that they would have lost last year, and there's no doubt about it. And everything that you said about the defense is true and moving DJ around is true, and, you know, they – They've stayed healthy, which is great, and they've got you know two aces right now. Yes, I'm going to say Cortez is an ace right now. Right uh, now, yeah, he's like pitching like a one six seven ERA. By the way, like, last point I'm going to make here. I yep. mean, Sevy is it fully back? Jamison Tyon is. He's yeah, been good. He has been good. But no, again, he's been I good. think he has another level to go to, and then 
I don't. I think this is what he is. I think he's just – I think him and Montgomery are basically the same. Mm. I think they are very – I think very... he could be better. All right. Well, I we'll do. see. I, I think I think he's a very – look at you being so glass half full today. I have this a is spicy so hot take, by the way. I like Boone this yep. year. I don't know what he did. I don't know if he, like, went out and did some horse therapy. Because his moves are working. Yeah. And he has no, a better team. Yeah, <laughs> that's what happened in 2018 and 19 when they won a shit ton of games. People liked him, and especially on that 19 team that seemed like it was just a bunch of random dudes when everybody was out. But Tom, here's why I'm going to surprise you. I'm not. I'm not buying it yet. I'm not. There are still so many holes in this team offensively. I mean, listen to this. If Judge and Stanton are not on a hot streak, we know what other streak they're on, and it's not good. Aaron Hicks absolutely fucking sucks. I don't care what his average is or OBP is. He never hits home runs, and I defy you to show me a clip of him getting a hit in a big spot. Joey Gallo's hitting under 200 again. I didn't mention With, I think, names. three home runs and four RBIs. So... You have two guys in the lineup where you just hope when they come up, they walk because they're probably not going to do anything else. I like Kiner Falefa. He had a hot streak. He's a little cold now, but he's not going to give you any power. Josh Donaldson has been subpar. I like the attitude he brings and plays a great third base, but offensively, he's not been anything very good. Rizzo has been probably our most, you know, him and Stanton and Judge have been our best you know, players that offensively consistently, but Rizzo is really like a two fifty-five hitter. Um, he just brings it from the left side, which you love. And they're not going to get any production out of their catchers. I think Trevino and Higgy are both hitting in like the one fifties. Um, and DJ has been a lot better this year, but you also know he's not going to give you any pop. Glaber's the wild card, but despite him being better this year, that's like being better. If you just don't play because that's how bad he's been. I think he's hitting still like 212 or 213. My point is this. Last year, they were a team that hit a lot of, when they played, they would have 15 game runs where they looked like they were the best team in baseball, and you wonder how they could lose. Because the pitching's always there. The starting pitching's really deep and really good. The bullpen's absolutely fucking disgusting. I mean, King, Loisaga, uh, all on down the line is ridiculous. But it was last year, too. I don't trust this team to put together a really solid run where they're clicking on all cylinders and hitting offensively. There's still like four or five spots in the lineup where I'm like, I I don't. I mean, even today, there were no hit through five innings. Yesterday, they won one nothing because Nestor Cortez spun an absolute gem and Rizzo hit a double in the gap because the defense was aligned a different way. Like, I think they scored four runs and... 21 innings or something in the Ranger series. Like I don't mean to 27. Innings, yeah. It was whatever it was, but like, I don't want to splash cold water on this. Cause I'm loving that the fact that they're winning and this is a different, like it's a different idea of a team. It's not the same old shit, but I just, I don't trust this team offensively to, to have runs where, you know, they're going to sustain a lot of, a lot of power and a lot of offense. If Stanton and judge go cold, there's nobody else that's going to do anything for you. You could be. I right. know that sucks to hear, but I'm waiting for the deadline, baby. Yeah, well, there's going to be moves to be made. I mean, I think you got to punt on Gallo and Hicks. I don't care what their offense. I don't care what any projections say. Those 
I mean, they are giving you nothing. Yeah, they're terrible. I mean, that's two players in the lineup you can pencil in for an out. But enough, uh, enough bullshit. They're, they got the best record in baseball. Listen, I'm excited about it. Something. But like I said, the pitching's phenomenal. Yeah. And they're winning games that they weren't winning last year. I mean, if you just take over the last week, that Toronto series, they would have lost two of three or been swept last year instead of winning two of three. The Texas series, they probably would have lost two of three instead of finding a way to win two of three. And a game like tonight, they easily lose last year. It's not even a, it's not even a debate. They had some hot streaks last year. They just came after a lot of cold ones. They're starting this year on a really, really hot streak. Yeah. I want to see it continue. That's all I'm saying. I hear you on that. Thanks for talking to me <coughs> off a good ledge, I guess. Let's talk about their crosstown rivals, whatever you want to call them. They Your have... New York Mets. My New York Mets, they have just as many wins as the Yankees. Two more losses. They've played two more games. Um, How are we feeling about the Mets? Because I've got two Mets fans in my life. One, my coworker, and two, my cousin, who are just convinced they're like, this year's different. It's just different. It feels different this year. I don't know. I mirror the same feelings with the Mets as I do about the Yankees, except I trust their whole season outlook a little bit more than the Yankees because I just think they do certain things at such a high-end level, and I think that Buck, I think they have a deeper lineup is, as well. Yeah, uh, and they have more versatility than they had last year. And I think, you know, the only reason that you wouldn't talk yourself into this year being special if you're a Mets fan is because you're a Mets fan. Like last year, remember they held the record for most days in first place without winning, without even making the playoffs. That shit's not happening this year. Like to me, you're only fending off the Braves, and that's it. But I, I don't know why you can't truly trust this team. And Degrom will be back. So when he gets back, yeah, him and Scherzer. I mean, Bassett's been a stud. I know you love that move. Oh. I mean, they're pitching oh. really well. McGill has been awesome. Walker. Their bullpen is really good because finally, turn around. Diaz. Yeah, finally, Diaz is somebody you can trust, which hasn't been the case. So, yeah, man, I, I think that you can totally buy into the Mets. I I, I have a lot of faith in the New York Mets. I, I really do. And, again, that buck just, just bringing in Buck Showalter and what he's done for that room, it's, it's unquantifiable honestly, how much of a difference it is. Yeah, this team, I mean, you know what? As a, as a, I guess you would say closet Mets fan, it does feel a little different this year. Well, there's nothing closet about it. Bless but, you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you see um, there, but bless you. Yeah, it was a cough, but I appreciate it. Um, I said there was nothing closet about it, uh, about you being a Mets fan, but... No, it does feel different. Both teams feel different. Uh, and I think after the way the Mets ended the last year and with just the ups and downs the Yankees went through last year, it's refreshing to see these teams winning games that they just haven't won over the last few years. No doubt about it. Uh, I'm not going to ask about early season predictions. It's still too early. Fuck that. I don't want to sound silly. No, let's enjoy it. And, and I didn't mean to splash cold water and say, like, don't enjoy this. Of course enjoy it. Just Temper expectations. Somebody once said that on this podcast. Oh, you're right. God damn. It's like I already forgot. All right. You ready to talk a little golf? Let's do it.
Max Homa, baby. My boy, Max Homa, four PGA Tour wins. Is he the best player to never win a major? Some are saying. I need my boy, Max, to start performing better in the majors. Coming up, we've got the, uh, what is it, the PGA, and then the, uh, the um, what's it called? The U.S. Open. The Sorry, Open. it's late here. Yep. Um, and I'm, I'm just giddy. I, I cannot wait. I am fired up about Max winning the Wells Fargo again. Um, and that's all I have to say about that. There's, there's, I mean, you got the Saudi golf league, which, you know, I'm not a big fan of Phil and tiger both playing in the PGA going to be very interesting. I was actually just going to ask you if Phil's going to play. Uh, I believe he already committed. I think I saw that on bleacher report yesterday. Um, I got an alert. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I hope he shows up early and does a statement to the press or whatever he's got to say, whatever asinine shit dribbles out of his mouth, get it out of the way on a Monday or a Tuesday so that it doesn't, uh, I guess, overshadow the actual tournament. Oh, here's something on the Phil front that I, I want to get your take on. So I saw this story last week, and, I, and it made me laugh because I call you a degenerate for all your gambling, and, and it's tongue-in-cheek. But did you see that Phil Mickelson lost a reported $40 million between 2010 and 2014 on gambling? $40 million. No wonder he's doing the match and all that bullshit. This guy, my dear God. And he didn't win any majors during that time either. So, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, if you're in the whole $40 million, unless you tell me that you won like 100 like you're just a – you're not even a gambler. You just fucking suck. No, you can't. There is not an amount of money you can tell me you did win to justify losing forty million bucks in four years. Yeah, I mean, ten million a year—that's rough. Uh, I mean, give me a million of that, and I'll take it. <laughs> give me a half of a million, and I take it. Give me a dollar, and I'll take it. If this is the game we're gonna play, I mean, shit. Yeah, All right, no, good. Phil, Phil is Phil has gone from everybody thinking he's such a savant to being the dumbest fucking person on the planet. Um, and, and yeah, I mean this, I don't know, outside of committing a major crime, like a a violent crime, I think there's only a few things that you could do to completely flip 180 your persona. And he has figured out a way to pull it off in a very short period of time. Yeah, he has, but he still has his fans. He still has a huge following, even after all the shit he said, um, and then there's going to be a lot of people who can't wait to see him on the PGA. So, yeah, no, he's still going to bring eyeballs, but fuck him, fuck him. All right, there we go. So we're two weeks out from from the PGA. Um, we got a lot of major golf tournaments in the next two months. Um, Where's the PGA so being played got... at? Is that Brookline, or is that the? I'm. You're asking me that question is really astounding. Um, I might have heard Brookline just through whatever, but I honestly don't know. Um, no, it's at Southern Hills. I think uh, the, the uh, U.S. Open is at Brookline. So Southern Hills, okay. another very nice place that I'd love to play in Oklahoma. Have you gotten out on the links much or no? I actually played golf before we spoke today. Um, hey, how'd you do? I shot a 48 through nine holes. Um, swing's getting a lot better. My uncle made a few tweaks to it. I've been I've been scoring uh, a lot more consistently, playing the playing a lot better. Um, but yeah, I've gotten out quite a bit. 
Um, I'm, I'm pretty happy with where my golf game's at. So just got to keep getting Excellent. better. Um, Glad to hear it, man. Yeah. I got to get, le- I'm, I'm, I got I got lessons as a birthday gift from the secretary and, uh, his lovely wife and I got to get out there and I got to, I got to do them cause I need, I need to have my, my swing. I need to hit the ball straight every time. How about that? I've heard that that helps. Absolutely. But I, I need to, I also, what I need to do is get down to Austin, get you into golf. We've talked about this. Uh, when you get here, we will play. And shit, man, actually, no, I'm not going to commit to that because I'm not going to have time. I was going to say maybe when I get up there in the summer, but that's not going to happen. Um, no, not for these weddings you got. That's nuts. Oh, no, I'm just talking about when I, like, come back and visit. Like, no no weddings or anything, but just with the people I, I have to see and cram everything in, there's not going to be any time for me to go out on a golf course. If I was good or if I was even somebody like you who played a decent amount and knew what the fuck I was doing, yeah, maybe. But I'm not, and I don't, so I won't. Um, but, yeah, come down to Austin, and we'll figure it out. Anything else new with you? I know you're, uh, you've got a bachelor pad now. Yeah, I moved in my own spot. That was a crazy couple weeks after uh, the wedding in New Jersey. That was a, I forgot about geez, that. I, that was a quick turnaround, and I came back in a body bag. But it was worth it. It was phenomenal. It was so fun. And then, yeah, I moved into my own spot like five days later. So it's the second full week here. Really liking it. Uh, setting up shop. So all is good here. And you're going to be very happy to hear that I am stuck with winning time. And I am just about... I'm just need to watch the last episode from Same here. the other night. Same here. Dude, it's so great. It so is. great. I don't know how. Well, I do know how because I know about basketball. It's not very historically accurate in a lot of ways, but I don't care. I'm watching it for the storyline. Yeah, it's a really good series. I think most of it is true. They've just like glamorized a lot of it and kind of like made it more TV based. But like, yeah, it's good. And you got to be proud of me for sticking with it. I definitely am. Any other shows on the docket for you? No. But one one, <laughs> one is, is pretty impressive none. for me, so we'll take it. One What's been going on with you, man? Oh, not much, man. Uh, Shows-wise, I watched the WeWork show, uh, We Failed or something like that. We Fall. I don't yeah, know. how was that? It's all right. I'm about halfway through it. I think it's We it. Crashed. We Crashed. Yeah, that's it. That's it. See, you know the shows. You just don't watch them. Um, oh yeah, no. I said I know what's going on, but I'm just not watching. I watched that one. I'm into uh, the Nick Kroll. It's called Human Resources. It's a spinoff kind of of that show, Big Mouth. Very very funny. Um, you know, I've just been playing golf. Got to get back into the pod now that I've got you all moved in and and things have settled down in my life. I had a rough April. Obviously, I had to put my dog down. But yeah, I'm sorry to hear that, buddy. Thank you. Yes, I have a giant blown up picture of Sadie right here. I miss her already. Um, but you know what? This past uh, this past Sunday, Mother's Day, the eight year anniversary of us getting Sadie, uh, I took my mom to the shelter and she picked out a new pup. We were gonna wait. Oh, that's awesome. But you know what? I she was a wreck and she needed a dog. So now we have a new dog named Finn. He's a boy. Congratulations. Welcome yes. to the new welcome to the new edition. That's welcome, great. Welcome welcome Finn. Uh he's a very handsome young man. Uh my mom's over the moon, so that's good. Soy is still You got Finn and Soy. That's quite the tandem. I wanted to name Finn Sauce. Um I felt like it would have fit really well with Soy Sauce and Sauce Gardener's going to be a Hall of Famer. 
It was vetoed, so it's not my dog, not my choice. Uh, I might get a second right. cat just to name it Sauce. That I've honestly just been waiting for you to say you got the second because it feels incomplete to me. Well, yeah, when we were at the shelter, we were waiting for them to call our references or whatever to make sure that we weren't like serial killers and we were going to just chop this dog up and eat it or something. Um, so we went to the cat section and I was like, I, I got to get out of here before I go home with one of these fuckers. Oh yeah. No, you, but they're, you, it's you crazy. can't be like, they, they try and get you to take two cats on. They're like, Oh, if you want this cat, like I'm like, first of all, I never said I wanted a cat, but okay. They're like, yeah, he has to go home with this one. They're, they're like best friends. I'm like, I don't fucking care if they're best friends. This isn't a buy one, get one deal. Like if yeah, you get they, one out of me, be best you friends be happy. With soy. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you get one out of me, like, say thank you. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> don't just try and throw another cat in my face. But oh, listen, they're trying. They're trying to move inventory. What can I say? Yeah, I mean, I, I there is a lot of cats out there, but yeah, man, that's that's pretty much it with me. I'm looking forward to us getting back into the pod and, and getting things moving. Me too. Uh, it's a great time of the year for sports. It is. And with the baseball teams being good, you know, we can we can speak a little bit more. I mean, we know how fleeting the MLB season is one week. You feel like you're great and everything's all good. And then the next week you're like, oh, my God, are we ever going to win another game or another series? But I think we can enjoy this. I don't think that these I both these teams should be playoff teams for sure. And we can enjoy it. And then the basketball playoffs keep moving on the PGA's in full swing tournaments upcoming. And then obviously I think this NBA summer is going to be fascinating for both of our teams. Yeah. I'm more excited for your team than for mine. I think I'm honestly, I'm in line for disappointment. Yeah. After this past year, that's, that sounds right, but we've got time between now and then. So anyway, Tom, it was great catching up with you. Looking forward to getting back into the pod too. You too, man. Great catching up with you. Great talking to everybody else, and we'll be back soon. Yeah, welcome back to the pod, guys. We are back. So looking forward to talking to you a lot more frequently. Have a good night. Go Tons.